Well, it's a beautiful day in paradise. And I'm having a lovely morning in the presence of the Lord with Susan Valance. A woman, a mighty woman of valor that's got a heart for God. And for getting the word to you. Sacrificing to get understandings to give the word of God. Good morning, Susan. Good morning, how are you? <laughs> <laughs> All the way from England. Yes, yes. <laughs> that is awesome because I'm where, where, where we must be doing alright because I'm one of the bread stealers. Remember the bread stealers? <laughs> <laughs> Remember those days? <laughs> they sent you across for the. My family was. You know, I suppose when I was a bit naughty before I found the Lord, I, I, I just. Well, just had to do what I had to do to survive because I didn't understand that there was any principles in God. I didn't understand principles. But I, my father taught me principles in this way. I didn't understand godly principles, but I learned to be a man, you had to work hard, hard. And I had to obey him and my mother <laughs> and my uncles and my aunties. And I just had to be in complete obedience to me, to him, to my father. So that was the understanding. That's what it was. You're a boy and you will do what I tell you to do and that's it. Yeah. So as a boy, I discovered, I discovered a, a, a great life. And um, I would... Uh, my earliest recollections is that um, in our house in 7 Westbourne Street, Carlton, um, I was born in King's Cross up here, lived in Glebe for a while, uh, but, but I don't remember that. I remember getting to Carlton, 7 Westbourne Street, Carlton, and it's called Engler Square. And when I come out the gate, there was all of these trees trees and I was later on to know there was 117 trees and I thought they were all mine they were all mine they were my trees and I used to climb those trees and uh, and uh, my uncles once and uh, one side is uh, Scottish which is my father there's been a little bit of a ruckus around the back of the rock duty are you listening to me, laddie? Are you listening to me? Oh, yeah, 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 Dad. <laughs> so he's Scottish. And then the grandfather, David, was Scottish. He'd come from Glasgow, foundry man. Uh, but we, we, loved, we loved England. We loved all of the things from England. We did all of the bands and all of those things. And then my mum's Aboriginal Wiradjuri tribe. An extremely uh, beautiful woman, and and Tommy, and my dad, and my mother were a very handsome couple, and they were great dancers. When they danced, people would separate them and and just stand around to watch them dance, you know, in a circle, and not once, but every other places. But I'll go back to when I was a boy. I walk out the front gate of my house. So we've got, oh, Aboriginal one side, Scottish the other side, which is 
become Australian and uh, so it's this combo from didgeridoos to bagpipes. What a great life. I've had an exciting life. A real exciting life. When they, they came to school uh, they, and we did this um, test and the wheel had to go here and there was a and the wheel had to go that way and they said, well, now you've done this test, uh, what do you want to do in your life? What do you want to be? What do you want to do? What do you want to be, a fire, fireman or you want to be pilot? You want to be this? My sense is, I think I'd, I'd like to be a pirate. Because <laughs> like, we saw Errol Flynn swinging from the... <laughs> They said, no, no, you can't be a pirate. You've got to be something. They said, I just want adventure. I just want, I just want to live. I want to live. Because I had so much discipline in my life. You know, I just wanted to do it. So hence I went into rock and roll. But let's go to the park. I've got to tell you about this. So my uncles, and, uh, and that's Uncle, Uncle Dick, Uncle Richard, and Uncle Jimmy. That's my mother's sisters, Aboriginal men and women. And then Auntie Lila and Auntie Georgette and Florence Agnes, we were lords. We were lords from my grandfather, George Lord. I'm George. He's George Lord. And then my second name is David from David Hume, the Scotsman. And then when my mother was dying, she says, I, I want you to put my name in your name. And I said, what do you mean, Mum? What do you mean? She says, I want them to know where you came from. Because when I was born from her, she got quite a shock because I was fair-skinned and she was really dark. <laughs> and she, she kept on saying, oh, God, did you run out of black paint for me, son? <laughs> and then my sister came along and she was real dark and that settled her down. But she was a champion sportswoman, champion tennis player, champion runner, and good-looking, and everything fit. And the old man's a family man. We had fitness, man. It was all fitness. So I walk out there. This is the, uh, my earliest recollections. My uncle, uncle, uh, uncle Patrick and, and Uncle Richard used to come down from the country and then take me up on the trains, and we'd ride the trains, and they'd say, what does that say out there, young Georgie, young nephew? Or they'd go like this, hey, young nephew, what does that say? What is that word? What does that sign say? I'd say, Allah wa, Allah wa, Allah wa, Allah wa, Allah wa. Right, and next station we come, Hurstville, Hurstville. They were getting me because I was going to school to teach them how to read but they were intelligent uh, intelligent men with a, a love of just everything they you know they weren't drunks they were just they were tent boxers and fighters but they were good good men like this warmness the bush glowed off them and when they'd come when they'd come they'd put a ladder up on the roof and we'd climb up on the roof, throw down the blankets and have a few, few um, pillars and sleep on the outside of the roof over the kitchen. <laughs> so that was fun. They were really uh, gentlemen. But they would talk about the stars. 
They would talk about the stars. And in the beginning, we were on the outside of it. And sometimes they'd break into language. All the, you know, Aboriginal language, lovely deep rich tones and textures, broken English. And then it seemed like we were in the centre of the stars. We were on the outside looking in, and then we were in the centre of the stars, and it was like they were pointing around. I thought, I'm in the centre of the stars. It was some unusual thing and some sort of gift. So let's get back. Um, my uncle, Uncle Patrick and, Patrick and Uncle Jim had stayed and they left in the drawer some things for me. They go, oh, we left some things in there for you, uh, young nephew, young nephew. And they'd always carry a shoebox with string on it, like it was a thing. A shoebox because they liked the shape of the shoebox and tied strings and they had their little wallets and money and, and things. So, so they left me a broken pen knife which was um, a Swiss knife, and you pull out all the blades. This was exciting. And then they left me a magnifying glass. So I'm out the front of my front gate, and I wasn't as high as the top of the gate. There was, right? And then I hear this sound, and there's this cicada flew down. And then the bird come down and was getting it. And I ran out, and I attacked that cicada with a stick and got the cicada and put it on me on my shirt, and I still had my magnifying glass in my hand, and I cli climbed the trees, and I'm looking at the magnifying the glass, the cicada. The cicada's got three jewels on his crown, and he's very beautiful, and I'd look at these wings, and you could see right through them, and then they were like silver and gold, and gold veins. And then uh, I'd look at the ants, and the ants were going at the bottom of the tree, and I'd be climbing up and down the trees, and looking, 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 looking. I, I need to tell you this so you, you'll understand. I'm inquisitive. And all of you inquisitive people out there, I understand that. So, and I'm looking at the ants, and my mum goes, Gooey, Georgie, come in. I could smell her cooking. And I'm down the tree, out the front gate, into the door for the cooking. And she says, what's wrong, son? What's wrong? What's wrong? I said, Mum, I'm, I'm looking. I've got a question. I've got to ask you a question. She says, what is it, son? Well, she's folding the tea towel. Folding. Come on, ask your question. What is it? And I say, is it, where do the batteries go? She says, what do you mean, son? I said, where do the batteries go? In the ants and the cicadas. Because we had just got batteries. We just were learning about batteries. They were coming in things, in torches. And she says, oh, no, son, no. Oh, that's life. That is God's life. God's life. And I said, God's life? Who's God? Well, he made everything <laughs> like a sort of a natural thing. God's life. Wow, God's life. And uh, I used to sit in those trees and put the cicadas all over me. And they'd sing and they'd start down the bottom and sing. This was paradise.
But then that, that terrible thing happened, you know, what happens to people in parks and I was attacked. And I went in to my father and I told him what happened. He said, right. And he grabbed me, he's a Scotsman, grabbed me by the throat. Right, this is never going to happen again. And he took me, bang, in the car, up to the gymnasium, put me in the in, in the Tommy Firth's gym and started me off there. This is where I started boxing. And he said, give him a hiding or I'll give you a hiding. Ah, I didn't know what a hiding was. I didn't even know yet. I didn't box. And the guy hit me once. And he had the, the champions built on, right? And uh, he hit me. And he said, hit him, son, hit him, son. And then I just snapped and done him in 30 seconds. And then my father just continued this. So he was teaching me to fight to protect myself so that incident wouldn't happen again. And then I climbed up my trees and I put buckets of rocks in my trees and I chuck them at people that I didn't like through the trees. As defence, don't come near me, you know. So these things happen. So I grew up and then uh, my Uncle Pat's magnifying glass was just the greatest gift. And I still have a magnifying glass today to look at things. But um, And so my Uncle Pat and Uncle Richard, uh, they, they were guitars and singers. And they taught us all the guitars, which led me through my teenage years. I'll just get to this. And I did rock and roll and won the first opportunity knocks and won amateur hour and won the Desmond Tester show playing Hawaiian Steel. And, and this uh, brought me fame just before I went to high school. Everybody wanted to know me. Before then, nobody wanted to know me so much. Everybody wanted to know me and I didn't understand anything. And that led through school into bands and I made some movies. And so I'm living this life, but all the time he's taking me to the gym and I'm boxing, 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 and I'm fighting. And he says, anybody, don't you ever let anybody stand over you, boy. And he'd come in at night and strangle me throat, stop me wind and let it go. And he'd talk to me. <gasps> And I had to control my things. But he would slap me in the face. Don't cry, son. Don't cry. You're a man. Don't cry. Bang, bang, bang. Well, he's a family man. I, I go to school with concussion. Now, I don't hate the man. You must understand this. I love the man. I still love the man. I go to school with concussion and there was explosions. And the teacher would say... Um, are you looking at the stars there, young Yumi? I say, I think I'm seeing stars, sir. But that was a concussion, bang, explosions from, because he would hit us and beat us all up when he got drunk. He did that repeatedly, and, uh, but you must understand that the man at 17 signed up for the army and went to Borneo underage and he went from Borneo to New Guinea and there was no counselling for the First World, Second World War guys after that or the First World, God, World War guys. So I grew up 
with the overlap of the First World War men and with the um, the the returned soldiers from the Second World War. And men were a lot of my company. Then we're on TV, la-da-da-da, radio at a very young age and all the time. And, and then some... I'm getting five, a five pound note, a ten pound note and, and all of this and playing at, at different places and it was all that and then of course when you're playing there the blokes say, you have a drink of this and have a sip. You get tired and go, and you go all well, bit crazy. So I became an alcoholic very early at a very, very young age and smoked and all that sort of stuff. Okay, so all this boxing continued up to my 30th year. My father was a foundry man and my mother was a publican. And uh, I had, I'm the littlest bloke. I had to be the bouncer. And I worked behind the bar. And the, and the, and the, the distress that I saw in people, the distress... And women coming in and say, "Hey, barman," and I probably was an underage barman. Don't you, don't you give him any more beer until he gives me the family the food money for the food and the rent. I say, "Put your put your wages on the table, mate. Take his beer away." And because this is a different generation, this is a different generation. Say, give your messes the food and the rent. Okay. Save some to have a drink. Can he have a drink? Yeah, he can have a drink. Just give me the money, because he would drink this money. So then we did rock and roll, TV, I'm playing in all the clubs and all the bands and big audiences and the big pubs. And I was just under the best guys, uh, Billy Thorpe and all of those guys that were around. I was just under those. And I'd just been working and I hung out and I rode bikes with the, with not God's angels, the other angels, the bad boys. And I rode with the biker gangs and, uh, and things like that. But you understand, you got to understand that they, they are just people too. They're just rebelling. They don't do everything correctly. I know that. But there's many that have come back to God. And they're rebelling against the frustrations and the things that happened to them which 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 made them go this way. So I'm the smallest guy and then I worked in the brick trucks. So I was fit and I know boxing. I was, and the old man had practiced his backhands and me at the table. I had to duck and weave. And everybody looked like slow motion to me. So I could knock them out. I learned. He showed me. All over the body switches. All you have to do is switch them off some. So it was all of this. It was my father. It was his anger from the war, you know. But I loved the man. We went fishing and all of this sort of stuff. And um, when he got old and he got cancer and nobody wanted him, I moved out into a rental with him. And they said he was dying. And I said, no, it's me and you, Dad. And uh, I cared for him for the last... He took a long time to die, the old fella. <laughs> Snap it up, Paul. But 
I bathed him, showered him and shaved him and we I, I knew the man and understood the man and loved that man. I always loved him because he did it for me. See? He did it for me because I was the smallest man. But then I learned to knock over the giants. I won't tell you how to do that because you might practice it. But then I, I'm playing those country tours and there's money everywhere and there's girls everywhere. I've got a girl on one arm and a girl on the other arm and they changed and I don't know where they changed. I don't know where they come from or where they went. And, and I said, listen, I can't afford you. I'm not paying, buying all your drinks. Don't worry, we'll pay. Oh, okay, that's okay. And uh, But if you understand, it's all what I knew was the adventure. It had excitement and making people laugh and ripping with rock and roll. And I've got to thank Britain for all the British bands from the Rolling Stones and the Beatles, Tom Jones, you name them all, you name them all. I saw, saw uh, oh, gee, the Hollies and all the way, you know, Ferry on the Mersey and all of these guys. Now, I'm getting to this because I'm just explaining that I was having adventure excitement and I thought I was a good guy because everybody says you're a good black you know I got you know I had money to burn smoked a bit of the marriage of pajamas in those days or a lot of it but it was free everything was free and then I went on this big tour and it was just money 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 and it was just binge 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 drink 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 and then I um, bumped into my old mate who, who was working. I'd work not on tour, but as a painter and decorator, so I could get work any time I stopped tour. But I seemed to have plenty of money. Now, I don't want to bore you, because that's just giving you an outline. So I was excited about life. I love people. I love being happy. And I was a happy drunk. A happy drunk. Then on this binge, I went for, I don't know, probably about three months. Drinking every night, partying every night, blah, blah, music, music, yeah, girls, girls, girls. And then I, and I wasn't feeling too well. And I drove down to my dad's club. I said, I'm not feeling too well, Dad. He said, you'll get over it, have a beer. I said, I don't want to be. Sick of beer, sick of beer. And then I started spinning out and hallucinating. The bar had arms and I was talking to me, come and get a drink. And I said, I don't want a drink. <laughs> and I'm hallucinating, mate. People's faces sitting in. This is the first time I'm hallucinating. I got very close, but I smoked marijuana. It didn't make you hallucinate. It just gave you a different effect mixed with the beer. So, then what happened I'm in a, I start shaking. This is not stopping. And I'm sitting there and, and I said, Dad, give me a hand. I'm sick. He said, get out of here, you little weasel. Don't go being sick around here in front of my friends. Oh, and then Johnny Rimshot came up, a drummer mate of mine. He said, what's wrong, George? I said, I'm, I'm seeing things. I'm hallucinating. I, 
and I'm shaking inside and outside. He said, listen, I've got to take you to the hospital. You're not well. So I said, okay, I was too weak. He took me to the hospital. And he dropped me off. Thank you, John. Thank you, John. And then I'm laying in the bed. I'm laying in the bed. And the doctor lifted up my arm and he dropped it. He says, you're not going to make it through the night. So me being me, I said, don't speak to me like that, mate. And then I realised my voice is not coming out of my mouth. I'm stuck inside my body. I couldn't move my body. Whoa. I was separated from my body and people just seemed to be moving me around at will. And then, bang. I go into darkness, into a dark room. Into a dark room. You can't see. I can't move. And I think, I'm going to die. I'm going to die. I'm going to die now. And I thought, oh, well, I've had a good life. I've had a life better than James Bond, mate. I'm serious. I, I thought that was great. Then I started to realise all of my life meant nothing. All of my life meant nothing. And then I could feel that, oh, the sum total of my life was that I'm a sinner. I thought, wait, I'm a sinner. I, I thought, that's what everybody is supposed to do. Nobody told me any different. They all told me it was a good bloke. Well, I wasn't a good bloke. See, because I'd fallen short of the glory of God. And we all fall short of the glory of God. Now, then a set of scales. Remember, I'm a fairy man, a bricky. I loved loading the brick trucks. And I was fit, so I could fight, man. I had the longevity. All day we're loading bricks with the old guys with hernia belts, both sides, unloading them, go back in another load, take them out, load them. And so I'm fit, I'm fit. Uh, but my head, I know my head is not connected, it's not connected, whoa, what's happening? And then a set of scales, these brass scales were put up. These brass scales were put up and they were perfect scales, just like the scales of justice, you see, that the lady holds. And I admired these. And then a hand came out and poured out. Now, I knew what was going on by unction or I understood it without the hearing of words because... It was in me and through me. Poured out the sum total of my life on these scales. And the scales fell over. Wow, bang! And made a noise crash. I'm a bit dense. I'm a slow to get on the thing. And I thought, oh, so what? What's <laughs> happened then? So what? So the scales get set up again. And I started to get fear. 
because I rode some fast bikes up with some mad guys. My nickname was Crazy. <laughs> Not because I was crazy mad, because I did stupid things that were dangerous. On the end, the cranes crawl out to the end of the jib cranes and touch the end and crawl back to look over the city. Mad stuff. But I, I just wanted to understand things. The scale set up again, the hand come out, bang, they fell over. Now I am close to terror. I'm like, whoa, keep it easy, son. Keep cool, keep your brain cool, keep your brain, keep your brain cool. Then I knew, I said, okay, I'm going to die. But before I die, I want to know the truth out of life. I want to know the truth out of life. What's going on? How did I get here? Where am I going to? See, I couldn't answer that question. All of my life, I'd say, what's wisdom? I'd ask these questions. And they'd say, wisdom is drinking this next beer. Wisdom is la da da da, but it was rubbish. It was all man. Man is nothing. Man is a waster. He's very silly. Then the, this warmness came on in me and through me and gave me these words. The Creator, God gave me these words to save myself. And I said, I will sell my soul to the highest bidder for the truth out of life. It's clear as that, in this dark room. The scales were set up again and I'm going, whoa, I'm going, I don't want to go, I want to go back. There's no reverse. There is no reverse. The scales, then out come the sum total of the world, worth of my life. And then on this side, it was the left hand. Oh, this was in a little beautiful bag with a, a string and that hand untied that string and a little bag. A little bag, like you keep golf tees in. And this hand came out, and it had a big hole right there. Pierced. In it. And it came out, unloosened the bag, and poured out so the scales balanced. So... I had said, I will sell my soul to the highest bidder for the truth out of life. That nail scarred hand, as I recognised it, as I recognised it now, was the nail scarred hand of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ of Nazareth. It was the nail scarred hand of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And the next minute, he took me to hell. I'm in amongst, as far as I can see, to the left hand, and as far as I can see to the right hand, as far as I can see behind me, everybody was stripped, stripped naked. Everybody was naked. There was no sex. You were skinless. You, were, you had skin, but you were naked, no hair. But you could tell women by their eyes, you knew that was female and this was male. But we were in a human tide and we were going forward. And you know what? 
this tide. I jumped up, I saw some people up, I jumped up and I want to run back against the tide. I can't run back against the tide, so I'm running towards the light where it is. And it, this light, this light here, you better tell me how much time I've got. Carry on. This light here, this light here was a volcano when I get to the end of it. I'm going, Wah! And now everybody is screaming. I want to tell you, in hell, there are no tough men. I mixed with the tough men. They were tough men. They ate glasses. The guys say, we want to fight you. Um, and Peter will say, hang on. After I finish my glass, he would bite it off and eat the glass in front of them. They would freak him out. And we say, we're ready. Because we'd take a on, we'd really take a on. I'm fit, that's all I knew was fighting. Everything was in slow motion to me when they tried that stuff. I'd dance them away. But anyway, so, so, and then I come to the waterfall. Now, I know this now. It's called the Lake of Burning Fire. And I go over the edge with everybody. And the screams are beyond comprehension so that they're right through you every fibre and there's hundreds and thousands of screams going because it was as far as I could see the rim of this pit, as far as I could see and the screams, the screaming, screaming and I go over and then an angel grabs me by the collar and faces me around and I'm looking at the people going over the cliff. And they're screaming, help me! Ah! You've ever had an electric shock? Well, I've had some big electric shocks. Boom! It just goes through you. You manage to just stay alive. But it's all through you. The screams were like that and all at different levels. Sounding like harmony, like a like a... A cappello. And they said, help me, help me. I thought I can't help myself. And they're all going in and melting into that volcano. There were no children. There were no teenagers. There were no children. There were the adults. Then the angel of God... Took me to heaven. Bang, like that. No tunnels, no nothing. Wang. I said I'll sell myself to the highest bidder for the truth out of life because God gave me the words. Then bingo, I'm in heaven. Could you close that door as well while you're there? Uh, thank you, Suzanne. And in heaven, I'm standing. Bang. It's a wonder I didn't spin out because of the transition. These angels were standing in front of me. One had a scroll and one had a book. And they were about 18 feet tall. They were about 18 feet tall. One had a scroll and one had a book. And when they spoke to me, they spoke in an unction. Not in words that went into my ear, but it was... Your whole body was committed to your speech. And they spoke 
And I responded, and they heard. I didn't even move my lips. And my thoughts were read, and they would answer the questions that I want, wanted to know. Lots of things transpired. One angel had a scroll, and one had a book. I know that book is the book of life. Now, lots of things happened. For time's sake, I'm just going to move on. Now, I don't deserve this. What did I do? And what did I do to deserve this? I'm, I'm just a rock and roll singer. Been a run around. Uh, been a naughty boy. Just the way that it went, the way that the wind blew, I went. You know, I my everything. La da 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 da. But it was all vanity. 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 And I had a big, big mouth and the fitness to match it and the speed to overcome all the giants. But, but, I used to say, I am David. My middle name's David. I'm the giant killer. I'll knock you out. Big mouth, big man, who do you think you are? All wrong, all wrong. Then I'm in heaven. The scroll and the glory of the Lord is pouring into me. The beauty of his holiness is in everything. <gasps> Here again, you didn't hardly want to move. It was an effort to speak, but I was excited to speak because I was in some place I'd never been or recognized. This is heaven. And when the angels spoke, their faces changed. When they spoke about love, their face was love. And I'm going, whoa! When their faces changed and they spoke about peace, their face was peace. When we spoke, when they spoke of Jesus, their face was the face of Jesus. When they spoke of wise things, wisdom, their face was wisdom. I'll stop there. Where I'm standing, I could see down upon myself. I could see any angle, any direction. Your vision is multiplied. It's not like the one vision here, left, right, upside down. That's it. Now you can see at a will where you are. From top, side, from different angles, you have control over that. Then they showed me the redeemed of the Lord, the angels. Billions. I knew them as the redeemed of the Lord because that was the unction that was spoken into me. Billions of people in white robes talking to each other. These are the redeemed of the Lord. All of the martyrs. They, and it was just, I played in, in the Sydney Stadium, full back. When the first, second in the first battle of the band, I play, I've played in, in audiences outside with five, ten thousand, uh, which wasn't as big as any of Eric Clapton or any of those boys in the Rolling Stones, but it doesn't matter. I'm saying the people were endless and eternal. Then I saw the golden road. There's a road. And it's winding up like this. It was covered in gold. It was gold. But you could, in the other vision, you could see clear through it. The purity of everything is beyond the comp 
comprehension of anything that man has. <sighs> by the way, by the way, technology is going to destroy the world, by the way. Technology is going to destroy the world. It's destroying the world. Why I say that? I'm reminded of that because everything is so pure. And when I was in the bush with my uncles, everything was so pure and so gentle and they're coming to the violence. But nevertheless, this road is winding up. And the ancient said, this is the heavenly city, the new Jerusalem, which will be coming down. The Yellow Brick Road, Elton John sung, Goodbye to Yellow Brick Road. He didn't know what he was saying. Goodbye to Yellow Brick Road. Goodbye. It's a pathway to heaven. And it, the, it was so high, you can read in the Bible, it's a 17, uh, 1,700 miles high. And I was right up to the wall. I went right up to the wall. I, I was translated to up to the wall. And I looked back and you couldn't see the top. Then I came back because you could do that at will. And I could see the heavenly city, which was transparent gold. Golds of different dimensions. Beauty beyond your comprehension. And that is is the new Jerusalem which is going to come down from heaven to earth. The angels asked me a question, what do you want to see? So remember the cicadas? I've got to have a glass of water. Remember the cicadas? I was fascinated. I said, can I see your wing? Because I love the wings. And I looked into their wings and they were beautiful. And as I looked, and as I required, the magnification went to the next layer, to the next layer, to the next layer. And the beauty increased with refinement of, of magnificence beyond my comprehension. I'm going to stop there and move. So there's lots of things transpired. So I'm back in the hospital bed. Jesus came and he is holding my hands. Yes, he was bearded. Yes, he was long-haired. Yes, he had beautiful garments of the purity beyond ah, ah, of anything that I've seen and to me now see because he, he says I am what I am that's how he appeared to me and I looked into his eyes and his eyes were blue and endless in purity because I was looking into the eyes of eternity eternity 
I was looking into the eyes of eternity. Pontius Pilate's got Jesus standing in front of him. <laughs> and he says, what is truth <laughs> to Jesus? He says, what is truth, Susie? He says, what is truth? He didn't know that truth was standing in front of him. Jesus says, I am the way and the truth and the life and no man comes to the Father by me. It's his kingdom, not the devil's kingdom. The devil is only made. He's one person with a bunch of rebels that are got down there that are sucking your life to get you to go to hell instead of you having your eternal. Listen, you don't have a life. You have a destiny. It's bigger than a life. You have a destiny, an eternal destiny. <laughs> the devil's getting wiped out, mate. When Jesus was on the cross, he said, it is finished. Now, what's finished? The devil's finished. The time is put on the devil. Devil, the evil. D-E-V-I-L. And I discovered, flip it over the other way, it is L-I-V-E-D. It is past tense in God's economy because it is finished. The devil has lived. Yet, we have to live through this life. For this cause, the Son of Man was manifest to destroy the works of of the devil. Why is there so much evil in the world? Because good men and women do nothing. You don't stand up. So you can choose. There's two places, heaven or hell. I tell you, you don't want to go to hell. Because there's more things past what I've told you or what it's like. And it's just... It's just Time doesn't afford it, but I'm just telling you, there ain't no tough men, there ain't no kings, Adolf Hitler's, all of the guys, all of the gold in the world, all of the Egyptians, all the pyramids are a waste of time. These Egyptians, they run around, murder everybody, build a big pyramid. Why? So that they can go to heaven. Bit of an ego trip. So that they can go to heaven. But Jesus says, I gave you life. I gave you more a life, a more abundant life. I have given you eternal life. He said, you are no longer slaves when you come to me. You are no longer friends when you come to me. And you go, what? Listen, 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 trust me. But you are heirs when you come to me. Yes. You are heirs. All of his authority he gives to you as the prodigal son, as the sons and daughters, and the sons and daughters. Don't forget the women, they're so important. The sons and the daughters, you are an heir. Your destiny is kingship or female queenship. But it's not written in the Bible, but it's the same authority to govern, to judge, 
to be with the Lord. And he says, when you get there, now you see through a, a glass darkly, but when you get there, I will tell you all things. So you as a child of God will be, I'm a disciple. I've achieved academically and i got this and that and that, but, I, but I'm a disciple of Jesus Christ. And I shall be learning forever, forever and ever of Jesus Christ as a disciple, as a disciple. Listen to this, as a disciple, while he is creator. And what is the job description? What's he going to do? Create. <laughs> He's gonna be keep on creating the scientists say, I gotta gotta tell you this, excuse the time. I I don't even know how close I am. If it runs out, okay, whatever, or you can break it up into two things. Yes. I gotta tell you, I gotta tell you because I've started this. I cannot lie, I cannot lie. You know, if I'm lying, the Lord God can strike me dead and you can cart me body outside, kick it into the gutter. I can't lie to you, I'm telling you. Because he is the creator. He is so pure. Our creator, there is no lie in him. And when I heard that, that was so wonderful. There is no lie in him. My mother lied to me. My father lied to me. Everybody lied to me. But they didn't, my mother and father didn't lie to me because they just, I'm asking questions that were too big for me to handle at the time. So they diversified, but they loved me and I loved them. The creator is creating and you are the first fruits. And all that has, the canker worm has stolen and robbed off you and all the Aboriginal indigenous nations and all of the, the Romans and the Saxons and the Normans and the Vikings conquered English and Ireland and, and all of this. They, there won't be none of this. There is peace and peace forevermore because Jesus Christ reigns. I'm looking into his eyes and I'm looking into eternity. He spoke to me. I'm just going to wind this up. I'm, I'm coming down now. I'm going to sing a little song if I've got time. And I'm coming down but he's talking to me and he says to me clearly, are you finished living your life the way you want to live it, George? I said, yes, Lord. I am. I finally knew I'm home. I'm home, I'm home, I'm going to be with you, I'm going to be with him. You can't, you can't lie in, before God because the beauty and the purity of his holiness permeates your body. Bear this in mind, all you tough guys and all you rich men and all you smart Alex and the big dealers and the big wheel. I'm going to be a big wheel someday. Listen, you have to give your account of your life because he gave you life to the Lord Jesus Christ. You have to give your account. So repent of your sins and turn to him. Because he said, I forgive you. I forgive you. 
it wipes it all out. It blots it out. That first 30 years, it wasn't worth two bob. One touch from the Lord is so real. One touch from the Lord is so real. He is so awesome. He only has. Never mind using Jesus as a swear word. Cut that out. Say it in a beautiful, loving word. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. When you read the Bible, his word, Jesus, Jesus. Help me, help me, help me. Help me understand your word. Anoint me with fresh oil. The devil and the evil, there is, the, the, the creator God says, there is no other God before me. I know not of any. If God says there is none, there ain't any. But he says, I make you, my children, gods, because you come back to me. In heaven, the lion and all of the animals, they'll be in heaven. The elephants, all of the hate and the anger is gone for them. And you'll be able to ride them. And you'll be able to talk with him. He hasn't missed one thing out. Anything that you can think of that I haven't got, God has got prepared for you. Just trust him and ask him and read his word. Fall in love with him. The devil is a liar, a cheat and a murderer. And he only come to kill, destroy, pillage and do all of those terrible things. But that's the devil. John 10 verse 10. The devil comes to steal, kill and destroy. But Christ came to give us life. And life in abundance. Life in abundance. Jesus Christ. Look. He died for you on the cross. He did it for me. He did it for you. I'm asking you, would you die for me? Would you die for me before I change? Would you die for me? Would I die for you? You're going to be joking. Turn it up, mate. Put another, put another prawn on the barbie, mate. Would you die for me? Some may die, but you can't complete what he completed in himself. And he did this in his innocency because he walked the earth perfectly without making one mistake. If he would have made one mistake, it would have been eternal. He raised me from the dead. There's much more to say, but this is enough. I simply say this prayer. And when you are ready to make a decision, I have led, not because of my abilities, a hundred thousand. Minimum. I stopped counting at a hundred thousand because I thought, I'll get to a thousand. I'll get to two thousand. And that's since 1976. And I'm very keen about what I do. But listen, but listen. This is the prayer I use. Just say this with me. I repent of my sins. I repent of my sins. Jesus died for me. 
Jesus died for me. He was crucified for me. He was crucified for me. He rose again from the dead for me. He rose again from the dead for me. Come into my heart, Lord Jesus. Come into my heart, Lord Jesus. And put your hand, if you're in a group, put your hand on the shoulder of the person next to you and say, Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Be filled. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Be filled. Be filled. And I do that every time. I've got an audience. Look, lots of other things have happened then, but my life has changed. The light came on in my life, and I read his word. And I, I love his word. And he loves you. You say that. Whether you have the power of God on you, not or now, he takes you at your word. You have made a contract with Jesus Christ for eternal life. And he says, look, I've got to say these things. In my house are many mansions. If it wasn't true, I wouldn't say it. I've got one stored up for you. Not a one-bedroom flat down in, in Redfern. Mansions, mansions! And all the mansions I've read from other people that have been to heaven are face the throne. It's a, a design which is beyond man's comprehension. I'll be able to wave to Susan and go, Hey, Susan! Hey, Jody! Look what's happening! And we'll have the vision, telescopic vision, to see what's happening there. Look at this! And I say, come up to me mother's house because we're making apple pies today. <laughs> we're not killing anything. Not meat eaters, not killing anything. See, you've done it. Eternal life. Love the Lord. He said, listen to this last thing before I sing. There'll be no more crying. No more tears and no more pain for the former things have passed away. <laughs> no one can hurt you. No more wars. They're all dealt with. Oh, oh, they're all dealt with. The Creator loves you. No more crying, no more tears. But the tears are joy. But there's no more pain. You can't be hurt anymore. He did it for you. He loves you. You've asked him into your heart now. Get a Bible, look up Susie's things and get as much information as you can. Find a good church. Come in for nurture. You are the temple of the Holy Ghost. You are the temple of the Holy Ghost. Look, filled with praise, filled with power, filled with glory. I do that Sometimes 40 times on each 10 fingers every morning. But you're the temple of the Holy Ghost. The temple isn't a building. The temple is you. It isn't a million dollar purchase. It is you. Forsake not. Don't forsake the gathering of yourselves together with the Lord. And every time you talk, he gives you a great... He writes it down when you talk about him. And great, listen, great, great is your reward in heaven. Great is your reward in heaven. We will all be in heaven together. Look up heaven, Google heaven, 
people that have been to heaven. I'm not there because I, I, I've shied away. I just tell it as God tells me to tell it in the streets. And in Woolworths, I led the manager to the Lord the other day. And she's crying with joy in the power of God. I am the way, said Jesus, the truth there is no life. And the life is in all things and through all things. No man comes to the Father but by me. It's his kingdom, it's heaven, his heaven, and he's got it for you. from above Thank you, Susan.